0: Welcome everybody to the Christmas week show, Owen Flynn here and it's a Christmas like no other we've experienced but do you know what, as runners we're extremely lucky that we can still get out and do what we love to do, to run the to run freely so let's be very grateful for that and use those miles and kilometers to help get us through this at times difficult end to 2020 for so many but let's remain upbeat everybody it's christmas time after all and we've got a super christmas competition thanks to our good friends in imra who have offered up a free guaranteed entry to the morris mullins race in 2021 it's one of the highlights of the imra and indeed the irish mountain and trail running calendar so a big thank you to race director Richard Noonan for helping us with the competition to win your free race entry guaranteed race entry for the Morris Mullins of your choice whether it's the half or the full ultra the question is Who won the men's and who won the ladies' races in 2020? That race took place on September 26 last year. To find out the answer for both the male and the female winners, head to the IMRA website. And while you're there, guys, have a little look around the website. The racing calendar for the last couple of years is there. And that might give you an idea of what 2021 might look like when things get back to normal. There's a great forum section, lots of good information in general there on mountain and trail running and all the work that Imra do so do check it out to send in your answers guys drop us a line on any of our social media platforms Facebook or Instagram comment section or a direct message and everyone that enters the draw will be put into the hat for the draw on New Year's Day so good luck to everybody in our competition for a free entry to the fantastic Morris Mullins race Now, before we move on to our feature interview for this week's highlight show with the understated superstar of Irish ultra and trail running that is Aoife Mundo, a thank you as always to our show sponsor Chorus Watches who have just picked up another rake of awards for their superb collection of GPS watches. For example, to name just one, their Chorus Pace 2 watch was named the best GPS watch on the market by Runners World in their December. January 2020 2021 edition it is of course the lightest watch out there with a 30 hour GPS battery life so welcome to chorus on those incredible collection of awards and indeed their fantastic range of GPS watches that they have they've done some incredible innovation and work in that area over the last couple of years and a big thank you to them for their sponsorship over the last couple of months and make sure to check out their new UK and Ireland website um, uk.chorus.com where you can pick up a watch for all those new running goals in 2021 when hopefully we can all get a chance to get out racing and enjoy our um, wonderful trails and mountains all around Ireland and indeed Europe and the world. So time for our interview with Aoife guys and before I head off once again a big happy Christmas to everyone a big thank you for listening in this year and all of your messages of support over the last couple of months a big shout out to our man on the ground Simon Kelly from the Waterfall Trail Running Festival for Simon's great contribution to the podcast I'm sure he's doing a a 30k easy long run around Kerry as we speak and not forgetting of course Rory Long at the start of the show as well and finally a thank you to our in-house genius and coaching guru Rene Borg from Running Coach Ireland for his invaluable insights over the last couple of months which again in the new years guys and good luck in the competition and for now everybody let's get our running gear on let's go Our feature interview in episode 18 with Eva Mundo. Aoife has an incredible story to tell. She started running around 2010, and over the next seven to eight years, as she ran marathon after marathon on the roads and regularly ran with her friends every week in training and racing without finishing in high positions in races. But during this time period, she was developing an incredible aerobic base, which has led to her having an incredible impact on the ultra and trail running world in our. Ireland over the last two years. Back in January this year she broke the Irish 24 hour record running 231 kilometers. She smashed the carry way ultra and gave a master class in trail and ultra running that day finishing fifth overall and of course winning the female category. She broke the rank and roll round record of 90 kilometers. She has won the Wicklow Way Ultra over 200 kilometers. She won the Eco Trail. 80 kilometers the connemara 100 mile race and of course she smashed her dublin marathon pb in 2019 as well so without further ado let's call in a true champion of irish ultra and trail running ifa mundo ifa you're very welcome to the show great to have you here oh
1: thanks very
0: much for having me on how are things are you looking forward to the christmas time
1: yeah, I'm on my kind of Christmas countdown, starting to get everything ready in the house and that sort of stuff. And kind of in the back of my mind, kind of thinking about plans for next year and stuff like that. So, yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure maybe in back in January when you were setting your, your plans out for the year, I'm sure you you thought you were going to be having a very different end to the year with, you know, hopefully back in January, I'm sure you would have been thinking of going on to do lots more racing, lots more podiums, probably lots more wins as well on the back of that incredible 2019 that you had. So how do you feel now at the end of this COVID 2020 year? You, You must have been disappointed in some ways the way the year turned out, given 2019 was so incredible. I'm sure you were hoping to maybe do the same thing again in 2020.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it has been a very different year to what I kind of, I had planned. But I don't think it's necessarily been all kind of bad or it's been a wasted year or anything like that. Like, I've definitely kind of, I've learned a lot because of the way things have played out. You know, so say like, I mean, obviously lots of races have been cancelled and stuff like that. But um, one of the kind of bigger ones for me that, that was cancelled was the European 24 hour championships, which was due to take place in September. But um, when that was cancelled, I was like, I was so disappointed. But in a way, that kind of made me realize how much I wanted to do bigger events does that make sense like so so, say something smaller that was cancelled oh like there's still big races but like say like the Wicklow way or something like that like I kind of just went okay well I can do that again next year do you know that kind of way so some of the 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 bigger stuff that was cancelled was really like it was disappointing but at least now I know it's not just I want to do it like I really, really want to do it, if that makes yeah. sense.
0: And why was the 24-hour one? Why was that top of your list? And why did that cause the most disappointment? Was it because you had such a, an incredible result back in January? W- w- you would have been running for Ireland, I presume, as well, with an Irish vest on you. But was it because of those two things? or?
1: Yeah, like it was going to be my first opportunity to do that. And I suppose it, it just... I Maybe I didn't realize how much I wanted to do it until it was canceled. I don't don't know, really. Um, But I just I felt like it was a huge kind of opportunity for me um, to kind of do something at an international kind of level. And it was it was something completely new. And I just felt like the opportunity was kind of now it's not permanently taken away. But I mean, it was just, you know, it was gone.
0: i I know i'm not too sure how far before the event was cancelled but did you even get to the stage even where you were looking say at opposition in the race were you looking at potential position that you wanted to come in in the race did you even get that far
1: no no it was it was april kind of time that it was cancelled and it would have been in september so um like it was still a good bit away, you, you know, look, I used the time then over the summer, like to work towards the rank and round and stuff like that. So it's definitely, you know, I, I, I filled my time. <laughs>
0: And even just maybe before we touch on the ranking and round and, and the great win down in the Kerry Way ultra as well, I wanted to just ask you about the 24 hour um, Irish record, of course, back in January. And for people maybe that didn't see it at the time, the record was previously 229 kilometres back in 2012, set by Rutan and Sheehan, and you beat it by two kilometres back in January. So could you tell us, Eva, what is it like to chase a 229 kilometer record and only beat it by two kilometers, which I presume meant the the record. You were still unsure if you were going to get it or not, maybe right up until the last hour of the 24 hour, maybe even the last 30 minutes. That must have been an incredible mental and and physical battle. Mm,
1: Not quite, and I'll tell you why um so when I went over there the the record wasn't actually on my agenda that day I just all I yeah. wanted to do was do enough to qualify for the team so I think for this female team it was 200 uh, kilometers so I figured if I could do 210 or 215 I should be guaranteed a place um so that was that was kind of what I went in for and I had like I had an iPod with me on the day with posted on the back of it kind of saying what kind of average pace I needed to do for the 210 215 like things went really well I had 220 on it so that was that was kind of where my head was at that day like I, that's what I sort of you know I was trying to achieve and it was only then um Don Hannon was over as well when when I was doing the race and uh, he uh, he was sitting with Paul at the time he dropped out and uh, they were like looking up what the the female record was. So it was only in the last couple of hours, I kind of thought. This, this could be another one for, for today. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. And then I'm sure when you did um, get the record, it, it must have been a great a, a, a great feeling, a great sense of, of elation when you got it. Or were you just so much in the zone, in the race, that maybe didn't sink in until afterwards? Yeah, do you
1: know, I I kind of just surprised myself, you know. Um, like, I went out there to, to do the best that I could do. But I just, I suppose that... I was just surprised like there's no other way to kind of to kind of put it you know um but it just shows you know people can achieve absolutely anything do you know like just because you see yourself as one thing or you don't see yourself as like a runner or a whatever like you, you can do anything you, you can achieve all sorts if you just actually go out there and try you know
0: yeah, and I mean, speaking of of achieving great things, if it, you had an incredible, an incredible 2019, where I think in total you won six races, and not just six five ks or six, you know, ten ks or ten miles or half marathons, you won six big ultras back in, in Ireland, and maybe we don't have time to go through the full year in the in the interview today, but is there one highlight maybe from that incredible 12, 15 month period that you had that now that you've had time to reflect back on it, is there any race win that stands out?
1: I would say it has to be the Wicklow way. Um, And I suppose when I, when I started looking at that race and I was looking at the record for that, I kind of thought, you know, when you look at a number and you, kind of look at your own kind of like you think about what you can do or whatever and I just I thought you know I think I can do that and I started like hiking out the route and stuff like that and I really was I was so determined going into that one and actually my my mum and dad don't live too far from the finish in Conigal and they came along just to see me like come in at the end and um I asked my mum like at the end I was like what what would you have done like if I hadn't won and she was like oh I knew I knew you were going to you were just so determined and I like that day I really did set out like I was like a woman on a mission and I just really really wanted it so bad and then when it actually when it happened it kind of I don't know it kind of changed how I looked at all of the events and you kind of go oh I wonder could I do this and I wonder could I do that so it's definitely I think it's the one that kind of changed things for me.
0: Would you say even that it changed your mindset? Maybe in a way, because for people that don't know your backstory, for about what six or seven years, you are a mid-pack Dublin marathon runner, and um, you know, in the four-hour, five-hour plus, and just happy to to run every year and without looking for podiums or wins or whatever. But then all of a sudden, when when you move to ultra running. And began to take that serious, joined your your local club there, Drahadan District. You began to win and win and win. So I'm sure there's a massive mindset now between Aoife from a couple of years ago and Aoife now. Or or, or is there? Maybe, you know, you still approach running with, with the same joy as opposed to someone who's fighting for wins.
1: you know it's kind of a it's like a funny kind of conflict if that makes sense right so like i I love to go out and just enjoy myself when i'm out there right there's no to my mind like there's no point in doing it if you're not enjoying it so you know when you hear people talking about June ultras and it's like a a suffer fest and they're grinding it out and all this sort of stuff i just like what I wouldn't want to do it if it was like that, you know? Um, but then there's this competitive streak as well that, like, I want to go out and I want to just enjoy it. But then sometimes, but you know, it's like I, I call it the red mist it just
0: descends. <laughs> just, sure. Sure. Well, I think anybody that's winning races that are 100 kilometer plus they must have that incredible strength of determination that you have. And that red, when that red red mist descends, as you've said, because, you know, there's enjoying it. But then I think I remember hearing you talk about the Eco Trail in Wicklow and you were in a battle that day with an international runner. And then you you made sure that you finished the the season winning that race.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it's funny. I I just felt like that day I was like, I, 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 I can't. I can't have the last race not be a win. I don't know what it was, but I, I know myself. Like I was tired that day, so that was sheer. Like that was like, you know, I was just really determined because that race was at the end of September, and I had done the Kerry Way at the start of September, and then I'd done like the Ballycora loop the loop thing or whatever it's called. Um, about two weeks later, so like really, I suppose probably no business even being there that day but I just really wanted to do it you
0: know and for anybody maybe wondering if like how is this girl doing this how is she winning these 200 kilometer races 100 kilometer races so consistently and would I be right in saying if that maybe it's because of those six and seven years of consistent training and I don't know maybe if you heard Rene a couple of weeks ago on in the training part of the show where he was talking about the the importance of aerobic training and for the sounds of it for six or seven years you were just doing an incredible aerobic base and now you're getting the benefit of it because you're just so strong.
1: Yeah like I would be consistent you know like about my running like it mightn't have been you know going out winning 5k races or anything like that but I was running away consistently and doing it in a way that was kind of enjoyable you know I was meeting up with friends so we'd be running and chatting at the same time so we were never really going completely flat out you know but it was always like it was always there you know it just wasn't necessarily competitive. Um, yeah. I like to do a lot of hiking as well and I really think people kind of, I'm not saying they laugh at me when I say it, but like they don't, I don't think people take me totally me seriously <laughs> when I say that I think it does actually make um, a really big difference because, you know, you can't go out week after week and maybe like run eight hours every Sunday or whatever, but you can go for a hike like that and it's not going to take the world out of you. Do you know that way so it's a really good way
0: as well of building up. yeah you're, you're consistently working hard week in week out and um, which is so important that as Rennie has been saying to us for for a couple of weeks now uh, and you say you know maybe some people don't take you seriously but after they saw your result this year in the Kerry Way Ultra where you you smashed the the course record and um, you smashed the the women's field you, you won it easily you were fifth in the overall race as well. And maybe what I wanted to ask with the carryway ultra was that how would you compare that performance, say, compared to nine or 12 months ago? And did the fact that you didn't have as many races in 2020, did that mean you were just fresher and stronger going into the carryway ultra? And maybe that's one of the reasons why it was so good or would that result came anyway, do you think?
1: Um, no, I, I like, I think if I'm to be honest about it, it definitely was hugely influenced by the fact that I wasn't racing so much in 2020. Um, yeah. I'd love to say it's some magical progression, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely because I wasn't, you know, last year, kind of, um, maybe about a month before I did, uh, the carryway, way I did the Panamara One Hundred, which is a one hundred mile road race, and uh, like that took a lot kind of out of me, um, and I definitely, I think I went into the carryway still kind of tired after that. Like I could, so you know, people would have said to me, "Oh, like you you did loads of races and whatever," and I would kind of go, "The fact that I would still go out and do another one and." you know, I'd I'd get through it, then that kind of made me go, oh, maybe I'm not doing too much. Um, But then when I saw the kind of difference this year in Kerry versus the last year, I kind of go, okay, mm, maybe they were right. But I I do think though as well, like there's a difference between going out and just, you know, enjoying it and being competitive. Like I, I think you can still, pack a lot in if you're just doing it to enjoy it. But if you're doing it and you want to kind of perform or be competitive, well then I guess I've learned that maybe you just can't like, can't do every race.
0: Yeah. And did that superb result in Kerry, has that influenced your maybe choice of races for 2021? Because what I was going to ask you if it was, what's your plan for 2021? And then as we've all seen over the last 12, 18 months, you're an incredible talent. You're, you're smashing races. You're absolutely destroying fields. And my question is that beyond 2021, you know, you've you conquered Ireland, Aoife, and... You know, do you have any ambition to to try and conquer the world? And I remember when I had a conversation with Laura Driscoll for the for the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, Laura, similar to yourself, some incredible results. And uh, you know, I said it to her, Laura: Would you like to go and try and win UTMB or get on the podium? And I'd love to ask you the same thing, Aoife, because if anything, that results and that performance in Kerry showed that you have the talent and the potential to maybe challenge some of the, you know, international um, superstars of trail running. And why can't an international trail running superstar be Aoife from Ireland?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um, I definitely, like, I would love to do the UTMB or UTMR or Tot Drent, any of those kind of ones. Like, yeah. But the, the out problem for me right now is actually getting into them. And that's been, yeah. you know, so even like, say, like uh, Mont Blanc 90, I entered the lottery for that last year. And again, this year, unsuccessful. So it's not that I don't want to do these things. Like, I absolutely 100% would love to go over. Um, It's just a matter of getting in. That's like, that's all it is.
0: Have you thought about maybe how far you could go internationally in terms of or any ambition to to be up there with the very best in Europe or the world?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're embarrassing me now. Um, I, I don't know. Like, certainly right. If, <laughs> if I was going to a major race, would I give it my absolute all? Like a hundred percent. I would. It's like, why would you go over to something not to do the absolute best that you can do at it? You know, like, Life is kind of, it's, it's for living and and everything, any of the races that I have done, even in Ireland, like I go into things like, I, I, I don't plan to do it a second time. Like say, say like Kerry, I did it a second time, but that was, that was the year that it was, you know, like everything, I'm just going in to do it and enjoy it and like, you know, do the best that I can do at that event, at that time, so that, you know, I'm not left going, oh, I wish I could, you know, everything is like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to give it my best.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, if if anybody's listening in um, from any of the big brands, like a North Face, or a Salomon, or indeed our friends in Chorus that help sponsor the show as well, I'm going to say to them, sign this girl up. Because I I can see it in in UTMB, and maybe because of the the entry system, maybe not next year. I'm not too sure if you have the points or the stones or or whatever it is these days. I have the points. You have the points. okay. so you just need the lottery then. Um, I just need the lottery. Yeah. And unfortunately, UTMB are actually very strict, even with elite athletes that I think you need to actually nearly qualified to get in. Um, but a lot of other races, either, like if you were to send off your, your running CV, if you like, and just tell them, hey, listen, I won carry my ultra. I won everything in Ireland. Can I get in? You know, a lot of these races, they'd, they'd pay for your flight over. They'd give you free entry. They'd, they'd put you and Paul up in a hotel for the weekend, maybe even give you an appearance fee. So, you know, absolutely, go for it. Be ambitious with, with, with your train of thought. And, and you know, we, we might see uh, a Aoife Mondeau uh, adidas-sponsored athlete or whatever in a couple <laughs> of years. Why not? <laughs> I suppose Never know.
1: Never know.
0: I'm going to give you a call back in six months' time. Eva, how's it going with those contract negotiations? <laughs>
1: I'll give you a fee on. How about
0: that? A, a small percentage, that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all, all joking aside, what,
1: what,
0: what are the targets for, for 2021? We'll, we'll, we'll think short-term first. What, what are the plans for 2021?
1: Um, so the World 24-hour Championships in yeah. Romania in May, that's uh, kind of number one on my, my list and then i'm going to see what i can do in terms of selling my soul or whatever for an um, utm more cuz that is like that has a normal kind of registration process this year or top drum so yeah that's okay. it
0: okay okay very good um i need the races in ireland e4 or would you just see see how you go
1: i'm going to see how things pan out um With those two and like if I suppose if nothing comes up internationally well then like obviously I'll be back I'll be back to my my usual favorites um but I'm just trying to be flexible about it I suppose if any if 2020 has taught us anything it is that we do need to kind of be a little bit flexible about things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in terms of training, what what you've been doing for the last couple of years, it, it's worked so well. Is the plan either to just to continue as is for the next 12 months, maybe to, to try and make that step up to an international elite field? Or, or are you happy just to continue as is and maybe just to give a brief outline to the listeners of what type of training that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I'm actually so with the um, World 24s in mind for uh, May, I'm actually working with Sarah McCormick at the moment. Um, just on a plan towards that um, and yeah. just, I suppose, to give myself some kind of structure and discipline because I suppose sometimes left to my own devices, I'd probably just run and run and run. Um,
0: And how you find that, because there's a big difference, isn't there, between just kind of going with the flow, running how you feel, to having a coach all of a sudden telling you when and how to run. And I suspect it requires a lot more discipline for you and maybe something that you're not used to. Uh,
1: So like, it's different. Um, And I suppose anyone that kind of... um, follows me on Strava or whatever, we'll see that like I've started doing like because there's a, a local kind of track here and um, in Drahada, which I've kind of been using for my speed work or Ifa's version of speed work. Um wow. so that's been very kind of it's just different. Um and even like because I did join um our local kind of running club last year. And even I suppose just from that I got a huge kind of boost because I don't like while I'd been running for years there, there was no kind of structure to it so even when I joined um Drogheda and they'd have like a plan and they'd have like oh you know a tempo run or whatever like before I turn up I'd be there googling like what is a tempo run you know <laughs> so um there's just been a massive kind of learning curve for me when it comes to all that sort of stuff um but I suppose Having somebody kind of map out a plan for me, I suppose it kind of takes the guesswork out of it for me. And maybe I just kind of feel a bit more like, okay, well, I just need to do this. Then I'm not wondering, you know, do I need to be getting more miles in or do I, you know, because that seemed to be like my default setting was I always, it's just like everything was about running more, but that didn't necessarily mean that I was getting any more
0: out of what I was doing I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense yeah sure and maybe as a follow-up question to that mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of ultra runners male and female over the last couple of years and and maybe more female ultra runners that are willing to talk about it and and willing to admit it um, ultra and ultra elite runners who actually burn out very quickly on the international ultra-racing circuit because they end up suffering from red S syndrome, which Rene spoke about, I think, in episode 12, and um, when we had actually Gavin was on the same show, that Gavin, of course, won the Carryway the Ultra just a week or two beforehand. That a lot of ultra runners end up overtrained and over raced. And I, I wonder have you ever thought about the possibility of that happening in any way or and Are you thinking about putting a structure in place to make sure that that doesn't happen to yourself? And maybe with Sarah on board, that might be a good barrier against it.
1: Yeah, and actually, you know, so it hasn't been something that I've necessarily, you know, haven't thought about it as such, right? But I think because of the way this year, has panned out it kind of forced a break to what i was doing do you know that way like so it it stopped me from just going from race to race to race so i've seen the benefits of not doing that um you know it's kind of been unintentional like and in terms of i suppose when it comes to like nutrition and stuff like that like I mean, Evan that you had on a couple of weeks ago probably wouldn't be <laughs> probably wouldn't be giving me an A plus for, for, for diet and stuff like that. But I, I've definitely learned in terms of like, you know, if 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 you want to go out and run well or if you want to be able to go out every week and you know, do a long run or or, or train properly, like you do have to get the calories in and you do have to be aware of it and make a conscious effort and the same like during races as well because it's very easy like if you're doing like i don't know if you're in kerry or something like that or or wicklow when it's that kind of distance like you're not like it's easy not to focus on 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 fuel and stuff like that so you just i suppose you just kind of have to think about it but i mean it's not like it, it's it's not a topic that I would
0: know a huge amount about, to be honest on. Yeah, sure. And very long-term, Aoife, are you the type of runner who, you know, loves running so much that you you want to be running into your 40s, 50s and 60s? Or do do you think there will be a time limit on it? Because I ask, you know, lots of people, even outside of the podcast, you know, Mm. What, what they would like to do running wise over, over time. And everybody's very different. You know, some people say, oh, no, listen, when I hit 40, boom, that's it, I'm done. Other people, you know, move into maybe administration roles or coaching roles. And then some people just, they'll keep on running vet races till they're in their 70s and 80s, like I want to do. So <laughs> what, what, what what do you think in very long term? Do you know, like, I
1: just love a day out. In the hills. And I really just enjoy it. And I enjoy the freedom. I enjoy the fact that your mind can just wander and all that sort of stuff. So I definitely think it is something that is going to be with me for a long time. Do I know if it's always going to be running? Might it be more towards hiking as I get older? I don't know, maybe. But like, I definitely think it is going, it's something that's going to be around for a long time.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you're in good company, I think, on a lot of these training ones as well. Or I I don't even know if Paul can can keep up with you these days if he goes out with you. But I I thought it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to mention your husband, Paul O'Muriko, who's Who's probably you know giving you great support over the last couple of years, I imagine. Paul is a is a great mountain running guy as well. He's former president of, of Imra, and, and not everybody is lucky enough to have a partner that supports them, as you know. Paul, I'm sure has been has been doing to yourself over the last couple of years, and um, part of your race crew. And as I've heard you say before, that without a race crew, without your great race crew that you've had a lot of those race wins wouldn't have been possible possible so i just thought it maybe a shout out to the poll and and their, all your crew guys who have been helping you over the last couple of years
1: yeah no he he does an absolutely amazing job And I, I always say that like he just i don't know like he's the right person for the job in terms of you know he i suppose because he's he's done a lot of these events himself before he knows what they're like and he kind of like he knows like obviously he's married to me so he knows me but he knows what I'm like as well you know and he would know you know if I get into a station and like if I was kind of I don't know if like I, I tend to move in and out of them quite quick, but it, even if I was kind of dawdling or whatever, he'd be like, "Come on, go, go!" You know, he he just no, he, yeah, he's he's good in those situations. So
0: yeah fantastic and maybe a last question or a last topic for today and and apologies now if anybody that's listening wanted to get into the kilometre by kilometre details of races that you've won but I just wasn't sure how we could do the interview and you know we don't have two or three hours either so maybe we could do something again another day and break down one of these incredible 24 hour records or or 200 K race wins but you know I'm sure there's, there's a lot of girls listening who have just maybe recently started trail running or or even say the the guys who have wives or sisters or or girlfriends who are starting off themselves and they they might actually maybe share this interview with them because you know you're a motivation you're you're an inspiration to the people who are seeing you doing all these great things and is there any general advice or 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 words that you'd say to people that that are starting off in in mountain running and trail running, just, just to to help get them going.
1: Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Like I always just think you need to just go out there with the attitude of just go out and enjoy yourself. Like that's, that's what it's meant to be about. It's just about enjoying yourself and getting out there and, you know, seeing the world Meeting loads of people—that's the one thing I would definitely say about like the trail running community. Everybody is so friendly and so nice. Like, you know, even like I haven't been obviously, you know, running the trails for for years and years, but I've met so many people in such a short period of time through it. Like, even like turning up at races, like I might know nobody, and then you just get chatting to people, and then next thing you're meeting up with them in two weeks time to run something else like it's just I would say to anybody to just give it a go it is actually just it is so much fun there's so much you get out of it and I think as well you learn a huge amount about yourself and how you react to different situations how you get through things I just like I think there's so much that you can get from it that I would really encourage everyone to to kind of give it a go yeah,
0: no. yeah, and it sounds like yeah, like you, you just really enjoy it. You're you're not obsessed about any nutritional aspect of racing and training. That you just you know you, you eat what you want. You you train how you feel. Granted, now you know you're gonna have to follow Sarah a little bit more now. But just like a really positive experience. And and maybe if it we're actually just very lucky in Ireland that we have such a great community spirit and great guys and girls on the trails, because it's not all. Always the case, I think, in other countries um, where maybe sometimes girls can feel a little bit inti- intimidated at a start line when they're only maybe 10% of the race field. That they might get the odd unwelcome comment. And um, there was a blog that I read during the week from the Team GB ultra runner Sophie Grant, who spoke about her unpleasant experiences on the trails with guys making silly comments to her. And and I've never heard that, thankfully, in Ireland. That you know, there genuinely is just a great camaraderie, and it's 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 um you know really enjoyable experiences out running and racing.
1: Yeah, no, there absolutely is, and I think even. The, the trail running community is, is so different to the road running community. Not, not that the road runners aren't nice, they are nice. But I'm just saying, like, it's just so much more open and inclusive. And I think especially on the ultra kind of side as well, because everybody is kind of pushing themselves that little bit. So everybody just automatically has this respect for each other because everybody kind of knows that everyone that's there is kind of not outside their comfort zone but they're kind of pushing things a little bit so automatically there's kind of this bond between people so and I think that makes that makes a huge difference as well
0: yeah it's great and hopefully over the next couple of years we'll we'll see those percentages maybe try and even out a little bit where you know it's not just 80 90 percent guys and then the 10 percent girls that we head towards a, a 50 50 it might be a couple of years off yet but you know hopefully we'll get there and with a with a runner like yourself Eva, leading the charge i'm sure we will thanks so many for talk to you soon
1: take care bye bye, bye.